today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. We got a letter from uh, Glenn Tebow's people, Ministry of uh, Energy for the province of Ontario, and asked us if we wanted an interview. So, of of course, we said yes. We held this interview yesterday after I got off the air. And this is what Minister of Energy Glenn Tebow had to say about your soaring electricity bills. Here is your interview. Joining us is Minister of Energy and MPP for Sudbury, uh, Glenn Tebow is with us. Good afternoon, Glenn. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Yourself? Good. Thanks very much for taking the time to join us. We greatly appreciate this. I'm, I'm sure you're a busy guy uh, out and about selling this. First of all, uh, let's hear what has been the feedback uh, to uh, from people who are complaining about soaring energy rates, and, and what is their response to the rebate that your government has offered? So I, I think, uh, you know, when, it, when we're talking about the rebate, it's twofold, right? So we're hearing from folks in urban areas, and I'm hearing from folks that are talking to me from, you know, northern areas or from, from rural areas as well. Because what we've done is a three-point plan. And the first plan, as I'm sure you're well aware, is we're taking 8% off everybody's rate. So families, uh, small businesses, and farms will see an 8% rebate off of the uh, the HST on their bill, so the provincial portion. But for those folks that live in rural areas or in my part of the woods in, uh, in northern Ontario, they're going to see a 20% reduction on their delivery charge because they're paying a proportionally higher amount for the supply of energy to, uh, to get to them. So we're doubling that almost to, uh, to really help uh, those folks out. But this 8% also applies to small businesses and farms. And then for some of our larger players, we also have uh, another program that we're going to open up for them called the uh, Industrial Conservation Initiative. Why has it taken the, uh, taken the, pri- or the Premier so long to address this? I mean, this is something that people have been complaining about for an awfully long time. Why is she just acknowledging there's a problem now? Well, I think the important thing to recognize in terms of why now is, you know, we've built a system over the last 10 years that's safe and reliable, and now we want to take it to the next level to ensure that we can make it as affordable as can be for as many people. And for me, um, you know, I've, I've been in this job now for three months. Uh, I've, you know, one of the first things that she tasked me with three months ago was to try and find ways that we can continue to put downward, you know, pressure on rates. Uh, you know, some people were talking about by-election loss and all of these other things. And I think, Scott, as you and I know, I, I wish government would be as nimble as that. But, you know, this has been something that we've been working on for a while. Lots are saying, Glenn, that this is just a Band-Aid solution, that it, it's giving us our own money back and that there's another increase coming on the way. Uh, and this really just doesn't change the system at all. Should not we be looking at some ways to reduce all of this as opposed to just giving us our own money back in the form of a rebate? So, you know, it, it's important, I think, to, to talk about a few things on this. We've been looking at ways to continue to have rate mitigate, mitigation, put downward pressure on rates for, for the last few years. We renegotiated the Samsung agreement through the Green, uh, uh, the green Energy Initiative. That's a $3.7 billion in savings. We're continuing the operations uh, safely and reliably uh, for Pickering, which is a $600 million savings. Through our long-term energy plan, our renewable energy price review, actually was a $1.9 billion savings. So we've been doing what we can to continue to find ways to to lower rates, to have that downward pressure. But really, no government, no utility, no distribution company can actually, you know, predict the future. And so we will make sure that we continue to find systems and processes to actually help people who are having difficulty paying their bill. 
But isn't this just robbing Peter to pay Paul in order to make it appear that our electricity build, uh, bills are lower? You talked about renegotiating some of these deals. Shouldn't we spend more time doing that and, and rethinking the Green Energy Act? A lot are questioning whether we're getting our bang for our buck on this. Well, and I, you know what? I, I would agree with that because I think looking at all sections of where we can try and find you know, uh, savings for ratepayers is key. And that's what we've been doing. That's what I'll continue to do and try and find ways and look at that. In terms of making sure that, you know, we, as you said, uh, you know, taking from one pocket or putting it into another, however you phrased it, we are actually on track to balance our budget next year. And so when we've done all of this heavy lifting, it's been the Ontario families that have been part of that. So the first beneficiaries of our, our balance books should be Ontario families, and we can afford to do that now. So you know what? I think it's important that we recognize and do that, and that's what we're seeing with this 8% reduction and with the 20% reduction uh, uh, in the rural areas as well. That covers this year off. There's still more increases on the way. Uh, where Will there be other uh, rebates to offset future increases? I mean, um, you know, at the end of the day, th- these increases have become a, a regular part of the household in Ontario. So we've said that this 8% reduction is going to be a permanent reduction. So at the end of the day, um, whatever your total electricity cost is going to be, it will have an 8% reduction. So if it grows, um, then, you know, so will that reduction, so will that rebate. Uh, When it comes to the 20% reduction, it's the same thing. I want to make sure that we continue to look at how that that embedded cost, because that was a $31.50 reduction that folks in rural areas were getting on a regular basis, Scott, but that's embedded in the bill. They don't see that. And so what we want to do, and what I want to ensure is that that started in 2002 that $31 started in 2002 and it stayed the same it never increased for inflation it never looked at any other increases that was happening in the system I want to ensure and so part of the legislation that I'm implementing is going to talk about making sure that we can continue to look at finding ways that we can mitigate those rates to make sure that people can pay you know what they can when it's affordable because as I said before we've been working on this for 10 years building a system that's safe reliable and clean um, and that's something we all should be proud out of but at the same time I understand that some people are having a hard time with it and that's why we come with this system and some processes to help. We certainly understand that this is a, uh, a, a project for Premier Wynne and something that, that is dear to her heart and, and I'm sure all Canadians not just Ontarians want to save a, a, or provide a greener planet for, for their kids or grandkids but it seems that everybody is green now. At what point do we say to ourselves the, the amount of money we're putting out of this, we're not getting, or the money, amount of money we're putting into this, we're not getting out of it. Uh, we're green. We've eliminated the coal power plants. That, that's like 10 years ago now. And, and we're making great strides. Do we have to carry the weight of the world of, cl- of climate change on our shoulders and the expense of this? At what point do we say, you know what, Ontario's doing very, very well. That's something to be proud of. But now we got to ease off and, and, and give some relief to, 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 to taxpayers who are, who are really shouldering this yeah so in terms of coal um, the process started 10 years ago but it just ended um, about a year and a half two years ago and for the first time we went without smog days and in terms of costs we're saving our, our health care system four billion dollars not that I want to open up that conversation with you now 
God, I'm still talking energy, but there is that savings piece as well. And I think it's important to recognize that the independent financial accountability officer refuted many of the claims made about our electricity and our energy policy. And he confirmed that the average family on Ontario spends less money on electricity than in every other province except British Columbia. But that doesn't change the fact that I recognize that there is still some difficulty for some families, for some farms and for businesses. But that's why we acted. That's why we're taking action now. But I continue to try and look at ways. You know, we have six programs. We have the Ontario Energy and Tax uh, Property Tax Credit for Energy, the Save on Energy Program, the Ontario Electricity uh, Support Program, LEAP, and, you know, one more. But I want us to look at value for money to make sure that all of these programs are doing what they're supposed to be doing if we need to help folks uh, that are there. But, you know, let's make sure that we we continue to have this safe, reliable and clean system. The uh, progressive conservatives say they can meet these targets without the pain that is that Ontarians are going through now uh, without a new term, which seems to be created under this government. And that's energy poverty. They say they can do it without this all of this pain. What's your response to that? They can do what? Um, I, I whatever it is, whatever it is that you guys are trying to do, Glenn. <laughs> so, so reduce um, our GHGs. Uh, so, from my understanding, with the progressive conservatives, is they haven't offered any plan. I haven't heard anything from them other than just shaking their fist at us. And so, if they can do this. You know, great. I'd love to hear from uh, the official opposition to tell us what their plan is. I've heard nothing from Patrick Brown on what he's going to do in relation to uh, addressing, you know, our, our, our uh, you know, cap and trade or our climate change action plan. They don't talk about any of that, that stuff. They just try to poke holes rather than offer some debatable ideas. Uh, how concerned are you that people, are Ontarians, are shaking their fist at Premier Wynne over this issue? I mean, people um, are, people are I, I hear it every day, Glenn, people are extremely upset about this. I, you know, I'm not going to disagree with that, and I think that's why we've taken action. Part of what I've heard from folks in northern Ontario and in southern Ontario and in all parts is, yep, you know what, some are having difficulty. And for those that are, for some people that are upset, and for some people that, you know, have a hard time, you know, meeting those bills, that's why we've put in these places, these programs, right, the ones that we've announced now. But even before that, as I talked, we had those six programs in place. We got rid of the debt retirement charge early for families. So, you know, we're doing everything we can to ensure that we still can flick the light switch and have the power that we need to keep it safe and reliable. We've made sure that it's clean. And now I think the important thing to do is bring it to the next level and make it as affordable as can be. Do you think there may be any sort of relief on the way once uh, this government introduces cap and trade, which, of course, will add more costs to the lives of Ontarians? Will there be any more rebates heading into that project, do you think? So, so understanding uh, cap and trade, I think, is the, the great thing about uh, looking this uh, in terms of, you know, when we're talking about that specifically. So we've always been very transparent that our cap and trade program is going to cost about $5 more a month on um, your gas bill. And in terms of uh, fuels for your vehicle, you know, that's going to bring a little bit of an increase as well. So some people are using the term about $13 a month. The great thing about cap and trade is we've got programs in place. So let me pick um, electric vehicles. That's the one that's on the top of my head. We have rebates in place for people to buy uh, electric vehicles. So up to $14,000 if you wanted to get an electric vehicle. We're also going to offer free charging um, for the whole year. So if people actually find ways of, 
you know, changing their behavior, getting these, you know, programs, even if it's a heat pump, you know, that, that help with the heat in your home. These are going to actually um, help with your reduction of GHG's emissions. And when those GHG emissions are reduced, that also lowers your costs. So that's the good thing about cap and trade is if you can participate in it and you can lower your costs. So it, it, it lowers the impacts that families will feel and that businesses will feel as well. What I'm hearing, Glenn, on the phones is too much, too fast. We're doing more than our share. It's time to put the brakes on this. You're feeling on that. Um, you know what? I, I, I'm actually pretty proud of what we've done in terms of making sure that we're a leader. Um, and then when I mentioned the financial accountability officer earlier when he was talking about that, we've done all the heavy lifting that we need to do when it comes to uh, green energy. Now, everyone's going to have to catch up to what we've done. So I'm hearing what people have to say, but we've still got, you know, the North American uh, electricity reliability standards that we need to meet and ensuring that we have the capacity every day that we don't have our rolling blackouts or our rolling brownouts and, and blackouts again is key for us. So we're meeting our capacity. We're doing it with renewable energy. We're, we've extended the life of Pickering. Uh, you know, we're continuing operations safely and reliably, and that's going to save us $600 million. But that's coming offline in 2022 with uh, two, uh, two plants, and then the full shutdown will start in 2024. We need to start thinking about how we're going to replace, you know, those 3,000 megawatts of, of energy that we, electricity that we rely on. So we're looking at ways to do that with sustainable renewable energy won't that be won't that uh, power that we lose through nuclear won't that be uh, just used up by the power that we're selling to other people for less than the rate that we should be so th- there's two things on that so we're not we're not losing money on that so you hear one side of the ledger right so the lots of talk right now about when we sell to michigan we're selling at lower lower rates but when michigan needs power from us it's a market and we sell that at 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 you know whatever the market is telling us and at the end of the day in 2015 our system operator made 230 million dollars in the sale of electricity but the second part of that is that we need to produce that electricity, right? So we have peaks that we need to ensure that we have enough electricity to meet. And, and as I mentioned earlier, the North American Electricity uh, Reliability Council, their standards must state that we have to have between 8% and 15% of uh, excess capacity. So we have to produce that to meet our standards. And so I'd much rather us sell that and then make money at the end of the day than just lose it here in the province. So, you know, there's a little bit of misnomers in that, and I'm glad I was able to clarify that because we do make money and it is something that we have to produce. Minister of Energy and MPP for Sudbury, Glenn Tebow has been with us. Minister, thanks very much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Nice talking to you, Scott. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to The Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.